Hey, baseball way of lifers. Happy Saturday. How you all doing? Weather's fantastic here in New Jersey. We're actually going to hit like 90 degrees the next couple of days. Beautiful weather for baseball. And as always, a lot to talk about. A lot happening in baseball the past 24 hours since we last spoke. So let's delve right into it, shall we? Let's talk about the Bronx Bombers. Right now, they are the hottest, hottest, hot, 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 as David Johansson, or should I say Buster Poindexter used to say. Uh, the last 30 games, they are now 21-9, and nine, and what a game yesterday. A lot of people are a little cynical about the Yankees' current success. They've been playing the Orioles, the Rangers, etc. So they got a real test coming into the Bronx this weekend, the Chicago White Sox, who I think are one of the top three teams in the American League. Uh, Yankees definitely one of them, and then the other one, my long shot, is the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, but looking at the American League, a lot of contenders, and I didn't think that would be the case this year, Tampa Bay, Oakland, Houston, as I mentioned, the White Sox, the Indians are playing well, and then let's not forget the Boston Red Sox, it's a great year in the American League. But let's get back to the Yankees, the hottest team in baseball the last 30 games. Like I said, 21-9. And uh, Aroldis Chapman came in to set position on the Yankee Stadium mound in the ninth inning. He's been dominating the Yankee bullpen this year. He's been untouchable through 17 appearances. But yesterday, he had escaped a self-created jam. A five-pitch walk and Chapman's miscue fielding a sacrifice button ten place runners at first and second were none out. Chapman saw Andrew Vaughn smack a slider on the ground to third baseman Gio Urshela, who then realized he was watching the triple play develop in real time. Uh, Urshela took two steps to his right, tagging third base to force out pinch runner Billy Hamilton, then fired a bolt to second baseman Rugnet Odor. That retired Rui Garcia, and Odor tossed on to first baseman Rube Voigt, and they have Vaughn and complete the Yankees' first triple play since April 17, 2014. It was quite a, quite a way to end the ball game. It was fantastic. Well, it didn't end the game, but it got him out of a jam. And then... Labor Day, Labor Torres came through with the big hit for the Yankees. Uh, and a walk-off single, and the bottom of the ninth. So what a ninth inning that was! You got a triple play and then a walk-off from Labor Torres for the winning day and a Labor Day in the Bronx yesterday. Yankees are looking good, and I'm looking forward to the rest of that series. It's going to be fantastic. Who else has been fantastic? Let's talk Jesse Winker of the Cincinnati Reds. He has been in fuego. In fuego. And yesterday uh, he put him back back in the lead for a National League batting title Friday. And in doing so, he helped the Reds to a 9-4 victory to the Brewers. And even the fans in Cincinnati are caught up in this as they started chanting MVP, MVP. Uh, Winker went 4-4, four four, his first career three-homer game, the power to Reds. And after his third long ball, he received the first curtain call of his career and experience that left him feeling emotional. Winker said, I'm really at a loss for words right now. It was really, really cool. It was special. It was very special to me. I'm very thankful. I have amazing teammates. The fans, they packed it out, man. 
Uh, Winker's the usual Reds left fielder and uh, usual left leadoff hitter. He came in batting four for 21 in his previous six games, having lost his grasp on the NL batting lead to teammate Nick Castellanos. Yes, the Reds are really smacking the ball this year. And uh, Nick usually bats right behind him, so that's a formidable one-two punch. Uh, but yesterday, Winker's average jumped from 338 to 356 for the season. That have Castellanos went one for five on Friday and is now batting 342. That one-two spot in the Reds' order leads the majors in most offensive categories, including batting average, homers, hits, total bases, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, and extra base hits. Can you add anything more to that? That is the number one one-two combo in baseball so far this year. Uh, so not only did Winker get back into this swing of things, so did the Reds. Uh, Reds are 20-23, and 23 and it was an important rebound after they got dealt a big blow with a four-game series sweep by the Giants at home, including that blowout 19-14 loss on Thursday. Uh, they came out, they won big, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, they built a 3-0 lead in the first inning off Jeff Hoffman when Tyler Naquin hit a booming three-run homer to the top of the moon deck in right field. Uh, and that ball was estimated to travel 459 feet, so the Reds have a potent line. They're an exciting ball club to watch, especially in their home ballpark. Uh, crowd of 17,234 was there in Cincinnati, so you could see the ballparks are starting to open up and letting fans in, and that's a good thing. Good to be back to normal, some. And uh, good to see Winker back. And like I said, the Reds are an exciting ball club. You might want to check them out. Now, one of the most exciting players for the last 10 years or so was exciting again last night, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, he stepped to the plate with the bases well in the seventh inning and Friday night and six pitches into the at-bat against fellow veteran Greg Holland. The Tigers had their answer. Cabrera, 405-foot grand slam, dropped into the fountain area and put Detroit ahead for a good 7-5 with a win over the Royals in the series opener. That was uh, Cabrera's sixth grand slam and slapped an exclamation point in the future Hall of Famer's first three-hit game in the season. And it was, uh, believe it or not, Detroit has now won 9 in 11 games. <laughs> Even A.J. Hinch is saying, I love our guys' approach right now. It's been that way for a little bit. I do think we've shown some resilience, a little fight back, coming from a couple of different times after they scored, so that in itself is a good sign for us. Now Cabrera's turnaround, that's another good one, good sign for the Tigers. He entered the night with a 184 batting average after battling a left bicep strain early in the season. Then to get his timing back upon his return, he was uh, struggling a little bit, but Friday was a step in the right direction. And he also collected a solo home run in the sixth, in the second inning, in a single in the sixth. Cabrera, what an amazing career. He now has 2,887 career hits, moving him into sole possession of 41st place on MLB's all-time list. Career homers number 490 and 491 kept Cabrera climbing that chart as well, and he sits two round trippers shy of tying Fred McGriff and Hall of Famer Lou Gehrig for 28th on the list. Uh... So it won't be long now until Cabrera's in the 500 club, and what a career he's had. He has been so exciting. What a powerful hitter he was in his prime. Very, very good. Uh, how about Michael Fulmer yesterday? He was throwing the ball hard yesterday. 99-mile-plus pitches yesterday uh, during a flawless ninth, and he got his fourth save. 
So he's, he might have found himself replacing the bullpen there. So nice to see the Tigers winning. Um, they're building for the future, but the future may be coming a little bit earlier as far as respectability is concerned for them. Uh, a little trivia for you. Miguel Cabrera owns the most career hits and RBIs at Kauffman Stadium among active hitters and his second extra base hits. He's got 122 career hits, 85 RBIs, and 21 extra base hits. So uh, he loves Kauffman Stadium. And that grand slam uh, that he hit yesterday pushed him to 23rd on MLB's all-time extra base hits list. Uh, he passed Jim Tomei, and uh, what a career he's having. So good story from Motown for the Motown fans yesterday. With Cabrera with a big game, and the Tigers continuing to roll. Uh, one player who's been rolling all season uh, helped his team with the ultimate role yesterday, and that is Ronald Acuna Jr., yeah, the Braves really rocked the ball yesterday. Uh, they hit seven homers and two grand slams, uh, and they cruised. What a game this was if you're a Brave fan. They won 20-1 to over the Pirates at Truist Park, and that lineup was clicking like you would not believe. And believe it or not, the Braves are the first team in Major League Baseball history hit seven or more homers and two grand slams in a single game. So history was made in Major League Baseball last night. Uh, the party really picked up in the bottom of the second after Danzy Swanson got the Braves' offense going with a leadoff double. Atlanta quickly lowered the bases, and after starter Ian Anderson struck out, Ronald Acuna stepped into the box and worked the count full against Pirates starter Tyler Anderson. Uh, Chipper Jones was in the crowd, and he was looking on. Then Acuna hit a line drive grand slam over the right field wall to give him 14 homers for the season. And that ties Shohei Atani for the MLB lead. Kuna had five RBIs in the game, which ties a career high set on September 9, 2020, and the Braves' 29-9 win over the Marlins. Remember that game? Then the bottom of the fifth, the Braves were really starting pouring on, this time from Ozzie Albies and uh, Riley. Ozuna on first, Albies hit a line drive home or the left field wall just one pitch later. Riley had to one-up his second baseman with a 419-foot home run of his own into the upper deck to give the Braves a resounding 9-0 lead. Riley's been impressive. Uh, he's looks like a guy who may be on the verge of being one of those players that can carry the Braves. He's got great range, and he makes great plays going to his left a lot. Uh, so uh, everything that they expected from Austin Riley, it looks like he's starting to deliver. In the bottom of the seventh inning game, Braves hit their second set of back-to-back -back homers the game. And again, the one-two punch of Riley and Swanson came through. They each had three hits, and the pair is tied with seven homers on the season. So the future is looking big with those two guys, Riley and Swanson, and that's what people were expecting. So it looks like the Braves may be ready to rumble. Uh, like I said, Okuna has just been amazing. Uh, Anderson was great from the mound yesterday. Uh... After giving up a couple of singles in the first inning, he regrouped and tossed six scoreless innings, including two strikeouts. So, he's looking good in the rotation. Ian Anderson, thick as a brick on the mound, and he did a great, great job. We're going to come back and talk more baseball after the break. And But when we do, we're also going to give you our favorite uh, segment that you guys seem to love, love, love. And that is uh, baseball trivia and baseball jeopardy so we'll be right back hang in there guys we'll be back 
All right, folks, we're back for the second segment of our uh, podcast. And as always, we start off with baseball jeopardy, baseball trivia, and birthdays today in baseball. But before I do that, I just want to thank you all for listening. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to the uh, podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you ever need to reach out to me, my email address is philstan41 at gmail.com. Now for today's final baseball jeopardy. Two clues. First clue. The last White Sox player with a grand slam on opening day. Second clue. Was the first player to win a home run title for the White Sox. Those are your two clues. The last White Sox player with a grand slam on opening day. And was the first player to win a home run title for the White Sox. Now today's baseball trivia question of the day. What Major League Baseball rookie hit seven home runs in his first six games? Once again, the trivia question is, what Major League rookie hit seven home runs in his first six games? Locking your answers in the podcast, we'll give you the correct answers, and hopefully you're one of those that got both right. Now, May 23rd, birthday day. Let's see who's celebrating birthdays today. <clears throat> Actually, May 23rd, today's May 22nd. Well, I'm way ahead of myself here. Oh my goodness, slap me silly. Yes, today we have a Hall of Famer celebrating a birthday, Mr. Al Simmons. Also celebrating a birthday, a man who's a great, great pitcher, probably should be in a Hall of Fame, and unfortunately he's probably more famous for his surgery than anything else. Tommy John, what a career he had. Uh, I don't know, maybe he should be in the Hall of Fame. What do you think, guys? Also celebrating a birthday today, Jim Colburn, former uh, Brewer and Royal. Corey Dickerson celebrating a birthday today. Jose Mesa celebrating a birthday today. Eric Sogard celebrating a birthday today. Julian Tavares celebrating a birthday today. Chad Tracy celebrating a birthday today. Colin Cowgill celebrating a birthday today. And Rio Ruiz has his birthday hat on. And those are some of the great folks in baseball who are celebrating birthdays today. Happy birthday to everybody. Okay, let's get back to talking some baseball. Hey, how about we start off with Trevor Bauer. He came out recently and said, booze, he enjoys the booze. It just feeds me. Uh, Bauer's an avid fan of the UFC and loves to add some entertainment whenever he's on the mound. Uh, He has implemented Conor McGregor's famous strut. He shows off his sword celebration after strikeouts. He isn't shy about letting out a roar after recording a big out. And uh, with the big giant Dodger rivalry starting off and Bauer pitching yesterday, he quickly immersed himself as the villain, chip cupping his right ear and raising his arms after being taken out of the game, encouraging the crowd at Oracle Park to boo even louder. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. He uh, has people talking about baseball and his performance, and to me, he's just good for the game. He's enjoying himself out there. Bauer said, they're going to hate me anyway, so I might as well lean into it. I like when the crowd is into it. It makes the moment feel bigger, and I perform better in those moments. It just feeds me. But 
you know, you may think that Bauer's just in, for, in it for the entertainment aspect of the game, but he's accomplished on the mound a lot. In the last six weeks for, as a Dodger, he's been everything the team hoped for when they signed him to a record three-year, $102 million deal this offseason. Uh, and yesterday was no exception. A 2-1 to win over the Giants, he gave the Dodgers just about everything they needed. And the Dodgers, quietly after that little swoon they had, have now won nine in their last ten games and moved one game behind the Giants in the NLS standings. Uh, Alex Wood said, I'm sure the Giant fans will love to hate Trevor, and he'll love that they hate him. I'm sure we'll have a lot more battles to come this year moving forward. It was a good game tonight. We just came up a little short. Now, Bauer allowed one earned run, one run unearned it was, and struck at 11 over six in the third innings. Uh, was a little bit wild. He uh, walked four batters, and he threw a lot of pitches, 126. And believe it or not, that's the most by any pitcher in the majors this season, one shy tying his career high. And it was the sixth time this season that Bauer had pitched into the seventh inning. And with his performance, he lowered his season ERA to 1.98, the fifth lowest in the National League among qualifying starters. So Bauer's doing the job. He, uh, his velocity was 94.1 miles per hour, slightly above his 93 point average, but his ball has movements. As we know, he studies how to make the ball move, and he's doing a good job of it. And who else is doing a good job? How about Fernando Tatis? He's back, and scary thought is he may be better than ever. He returned from the injured list on Wednesday, and he, since then he hasn't stopped hitting. He went 4-4 with a homer in his first game back, and then he followed by launching his 50th blast of his career in the Padres 16-1, crushing of the Mariners Friday night. Uh, Trent Grissom and Jake Cronworth also went deep as the Padres moved into a first-place tie in the NLS with their seventh straight win. What a great division that is. Padres' 16 runs were the most at Petco Park since 2010, and their 15-run victory tied the largest margin of victory at the, in the ballpark's history. Tatis went 2-for-4 four with four RBIs, and his second-inning homer made him the fastest player in Padres' history to reach 50 homers. He took only 171 games to do so, becoming the fastest shortstop in Major League history to reach the 50 mark. Now, the Padres led by three runs when Tatis came to the plate with two men aboard in the second inning. Uh, Chris Flexen tried to sneak a cutter by Tatis on the outside corner. Just didn't work. Uh, Tatis, uh, one of his traits is that opposite field power, and he has uh, some of the best power to the opposite field in the game, and he said it no doubt at a right field. It projected 393 feet off his bat at 105.8 miles per hour. Uh, he really hits those balls to right center and right field very, very well. Uh, He's not really trying to, it doesn't look like he's trying to power the ball. He's just getting the barrel on it, and then his ability to hit the ball hard just takes over at that point. Of course, after his home running, he did his usual back-flipping flare, and uh, he took a few steps toward first, turned the bat over in his hand, and flipped, flipped from the barrel. Uh, he's now tied with Ryan Braun for the fifth fastest to reach 50 homers in terms of number of games. Only Pete Alonso, Rudy York, Gary Sanchez, and Mark McGuire got there faster. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was game was a laugher yesterday. Uh, Padres Cruz, they got six innings of one run ball from Chris Paddock, uh, and I'm I'm a big fan of Chris Paddock from last the 2019 season that he had, and his recent resurgence is an extremely positive development for the Padres for sure. 
And uh, Padre rotation, nothing to sneeze at. It's already one of the best in baseball and a thriving paddock. And he's in the number four spot, believe it or not. He could be a lot higher in other teams' rotations. And it's getting scary if he's your number four man. Uh, last three starts since he returned from the injured list, Paddock's only allowed two runs. And uh, like I said, he's looking a lot like the guy he was in 2019. Uh, Padres are starting to mesh. As long as they stay healthy, they should be doing okay. They were without uh, Manny Machado Friday night. Noting he was banged up, but uh, Padres really didn't give much detail as to what the banging up meant. But he didn't play. Uh, but with Tatis back, he's a special player. Those Padres are looking good. Who else looked good yesterday? How about Adolis Garcia with a three-run walk-off home run yesterday? To beat the Astros at Globe Life Field. Now, the Rangers aren't going to have much to play for. So when they play their rivals from Houston. They can beat them with a walk off homer. It's going to be a highlight of the season for them. Uh, the win was the Rangers first of the Lone Star Series in 2021. After a four game sweep in Houston last week. If you remember that one. And it's the second time the two teams have gone to extra innings this season. Garcia was 2 for 5 and 9. Including a 2 run double in the 4th inning. He's the first Ranger rookie with a walk-off homer since Jerickson Profar on September 26, 2013 against the Angels. Now, Garcia, he has 12 homers, and that's tied for fourth in the Major League, Major League Baseball after Friday. Five of those have been go-ahead shots, and he has 35 RBIs, which is good for six in all of baseball. So he's flying over under the radar. But he's uh, having a great year. His manager, Chris Woodward, called Garcia the greatest hitter on the planet. And he's cruising this month. And this month he has a 333 average, 640 slugging percentage, and a 1.105 OPS and 21 RBIs. That is fantastic. Uh, he's a competitor on the field. He seems to be humble on the field, off the field. And that's a good thing. Hopefully... Uh, He's one of the pieces as the Rangers try to rebuild. Uh, really, really good. Uh, so, like with every team, there's always a silver lining somehow. And uh, Adola seems to be that silver lining for the Rangers this year. That's always a fun series when the Rangers play the Astros. Yeah, I was just thinking to myself with the season reaching about the quarter point. Uh... Some of the big surprises, and these teams, actually, after like 40 games, you can say these teams are real. And uh, Giants are definitely one of those teams. Uh, Posey and Crawford are really hitting the ball hard. Uh, Kevin Gausman, Scofani, and Alex Wood are pitching great. So all the players that they hoped would play up to their potential seem to be playing up for their potential. Then you got the White Sox, who I thought with the two key injuries... Um, it's Robert and, uh, oh shit, who's the other guy? Oh my god. I'm brain dead. That's what happens on Saturday. By the time you do your thing during the week, you become brain dead by Friday. Uh, but anyway, the two prize uh, rookies on the young players on the White Sox went down to their future. Uh, they have really, really blossomed. Oh, L.O.I. Jimenez is the other guy. Yeah. Uh, but. They have guys who they knew could probably step up and do well. But your mean Mercedes, oh my God, has he done the trick? And uh, 
Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks, Dylan Cease, Carlos Rodon have all lived up to their expectations. And they keep getting the big production from Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. Uh, but this team is real. With everyone healthy, they are going to be for real. And Tampa Bay got off to a little bit of a sluggish start. Uh, their defense has been fantastic. And their offense is really coming to, to the forefront. And only four teams have scored more runs in the race. So they are really, really surprising. Orzina has picked up where he left off. Austin Meadows uh, put 20-20 behind him, and he's really hitting well. Joey Wendell's filling the bill. Tyler Glass now is pitching like the ace they had hoped he would be. And Mike Zanino has 10 home runs. Uh, team has the best ERA, eighth best ERA in uh, baseball. And uh, the Rays are good. The Rays are good. And how about the St. Louis Cardinals? Arenado was supposed to be the missing piece for that team, and it's uh, looking like he may well be. Uh, the thing about the Cardinals is they're very, very disciplined at the plate. They have the fourth lowest strikeout rate and the highest walk rate in baseball. Jack Flaherty is not only getting the run support, he's pitching well, and he's off to a monster start, 8-0. And, and Giovanni Gallegos has been fantastic out of the bullpen. And then how about the Boston Red Sox? She always knew they had a decent lineup, but they are really, really playing well. What a rebound season from J.D. Martinez. And Verdugo's been solid. Bobby Dolbeck has probably some big moments. And... Uh, the two big stars on the left side of that infield. Wouldn't you like to have Devers and Bogarts on the left side of your infield? But the pitching is what's surprising. Eovaldi's starting to earn the money a little bit. He's now pitched 50 innings, and in his age of the home run ball has not given up a home run. Matt Barnes has 38 strikeouts and four walks, and he's one of the most dominant relievers in the game. Uh, Chris Sale is in the background. He may be ready to come up soon. Eduardo Rodriguez is back, and Nick Pavetta is actually doing pretty well. Nice little pickup for him. Uh, teams that you know just aren't doing it so far, you have to say the Angels, despite Trout and Otani, and now Trout's down, they're a little bit disappointing. The Braves are they're in fourth place, but they're only three and a half games out of the lead, so I wouldn't say they're that disappointing, but they should be doing better than they are. Uh, they've probably expected more from Azuna and Freddie Freeman at this point. But then you have the Minnesota Twins now, have the AL's worst record. And uh, at this point, they have to play basically 630 ball just to get 90 wins, and that's going to be tough. Uh, I, I don't think they have it in them. But you got to play the games, and that's why they do play the games. And as this is the year of the injury, and uh, let's talk about some of the big players out. Jacob DeGrom is on the 10-day IL. He's expected back next week. Uh, same with Gene Carlos Stanton. Uh, Cody Bellinger with that hairline fracture in the left leg. JT Rio Muto, left wrist bone bruises on the IL. Pete Alonso just put on the IL, and he may not be back till late May. Cabron Hayes is on a 60-day IL. And he's not expected back till June. Joey Votto, 10-day uh, IL. They're hoping for early, mid-June for Joey. Uh, George Springer, possibly early to mid-June. It's been tough when Springer was in there. He was really doing well for the Blue Jays. And it's hurt. He's been going down a few times already. Uh, Byron Buxton, 10-day IL. 
sometime in June they're hoping for. Corey Seager, possibly mid to late June with a fractured right hand. Noah Syndergaard, well, he'll be coming back after having Tommy John. and uh, Late June is what they're looking at there. Uh, same thing with Chris Sale, and they're looking at late June, early July. Same with Mike Trout. He's got a grade two right calf strain, but early to mid-July they're expecting him. Uh, Michael Conforto, no one really knows when he's going to be back. He has a strained right hamstring. Zach Gallen, uh, UCLA sprain the right elbow. He was scratched from the start on May 12th. And uh, no one knows when he's going to be coming back. He's probably going to be going under some kind of rehab process. And how about those Metsies last night? All these no-names are coming through with some big, big hits. Uh, Vargas had two hits, including a triple in the 12th inning. And that's one of those games. If you're a Mets fan, and I am, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a game I'll never forget. Uh, the Mets now have 16 players on the injured list, and they have found a way to win a squeaker over the Marlins on Friday night at Lone Depot Park. Uh, was it the best game of the year for the Mets? It may have been, considering the fact that they really have nobody playing for them. Uh, it was rookies Khalil Lee and uh, Yohanna Shway Fargus who proved to be the difference as the Mets edged the Marlins 6-5 in 12 innings. It was a long game, Fargus says. I prepare for long game times all the time. Uh... How the Mets are doing it, I don't know. Even the Rojas, Louis Rojas says, I'm very proud of him. It's very exciting to see him deliver. Uh, and how they're doing it, I don't know. It's one of the amazing stories of the year. Uh, but keep an eye on the Mets. They really have nobody in their lineup, yet they're scrapping. They're doing just enough to win. So when these bodies come back, the Mets may be able to do some damage. Uh... And they, right now, they're doing damage in the standings. They are two and a half games up on Philadelphia. NL East only has one team above 500, and that's the Mets at 21 and 17. The NL Central, St. Louis, is two games up on the uh, Cubs, four games up on the Brewers. Uh, it's a tie for first place in the NL West uh, with the Padres and the Giants. And the uh, Dodgers are one game out in that. What a race in the uh, AL East. You got the Red Sox in first place, one game over Tampa Bay, and one and a half games over the Yankees. And both the Yankees and Tampa Bay would qualify for the wild card right now. In the Central, you got the White Sox two and a half games ahead of Cleveland and six and a half, six games over Kansas City. Detroit and Minnesota are slipping fast. They're eight and a half and ten and a half out. I mean, AL East, Baltimore is already ten out. So you hate to say it, but these teams, it's going to be tough for those teams to come back. In the West, you have the A's over Houston by half a game. Houston would qualify for a wild card tiebreaker. Uh, Seattle's five and a half out. And then you got Texas slipping fast and Angels seven and a half. They got to make their move soon. It's starting to get way early for some of these teams once you hit beyond six games or towards the end of May. But we'll see what happens. It ain't over till it's over. And today we got a lot of action-packed baseball. Garrett Cole goes on in the afternoon game. That'll be a good one against the White Sox at the Bronx. At the Bronx. At Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Uh, Mad Bum goes for the Diamondbacks against the Rockies. Two teams struggling, so uh, see who wins that one. Baltimore and Washington. Uh, Beltway uh, rivalry. Both teams struggling. Uh, that's at 4 o'clock. Astros-Rangers at 4 o'clock. McCullers against Lyles. 
Tigers Royals at four. Boyd against Singer. Twinkies against the Indians. Good pitching matchup. Pitching matchup. Maeda against Bieber today. That's at four o'clock. Maeda two and two, five point two six ERA. Could be pitching a little bit better. And Bieber's four and three with a three point one seven ERA. Uh, Pirates and Braves four o five four ten start. Keller against Wilson. Mets to be determined. He's always a good pitcher to be determined against Lopez. That's at four ten. So a lot of four o'clock starts today. And the last one of the four o'clock starts is the Brewers against the Reds. Anderson against Gray. Then at 7.15, Fox takes over with three games, depending on where you live. What game you'll be seeing, you'll either see the Dodgers, 28-18 against the Giants, 28-17. Bueller going for the Dodgers. TBD for the Giants. Cubs and Cards. Cubs have cut that lead to two games. Uh, Alzole against McCullis. And then the Red Sox and the Phillies. Phillies need to get their act going. Red Sox are continuing to roll. Evaldi against Howard. And then uh, 737 start. Rays against the Blue Jays. McClanahan and Ray. Mariners and Padres. Sheffield and Weathers. And for the uh, 10 o'clock game, I think MLB Network covering this one. You got the A's at the Angels. Bassett against Sandoval. So that's your sleep for tonight. Okay, we're back. And we're going to give you the answers to the trivia question in today's Baseball Jeopardy. Today's Baseball Trivia question was, What Major League rookie had seven home runs in his first six games? You guys lock in your answers? It is uh, Trevor Story. Trevor Story had seven home runs in his first Major League games without pumping any real iron. <laughs> He's not really a buff slugger. He's six foot one, 180 pounds, but he got off to the start like you would not believe. And he set the major league record for home runs in the team's first six games of the season. Had a Larry Walker, who had six and ninety-seven, Schmidt six and seventy-six, and Willie Mays six and sixty-four. So if you got Trevor Story, you're the correct. You're a winner. You're a winner. You're a winner in my book anyway, but you're a winner in the trivia question of the day. And now, our baseball Jeopardy question of the day. The clues were, the last White Sox player with a grand slam on opening day, and was the first player to win a home run title for the White Sox. Those of you locked in your answers, it's now time to reveal them. And yes, the answer is, who is Bill Mellon? Congrats to all who got that one right. Good job, folks. And that's going to wrap up our broadcast for today. As always, thanks again for tuning in. We're here every day to fit your baseball needs, fulfill your baseball needs, and it's so glad to have you aboard. If you're not a member of the Baseball Facebook group, Baseball Life, please join. If you are, then please subscribe to this podcast. It's your audio complement to the Facebook group, which is, my opinion, my humble opinion, the best baseball Facebook group in America. Uh, enjoy the games today. Baseball is really heating up. We've got a great season going on. Hopefully your team is doing well. And, again, thanks for all your support. You guys mean the world to me. And I'm really enjoying doing this. And I hope you're enjoying it too. So, enjoy the games. Enjoy the great game of baseball. And have a great day.